There's something surreal about jumping out of airplanes from anywhere from 12,000 to 25,000 feet. And the next thing I know, I'm seeing high caliber weapons leveled at us. In Alaska, we can see 50 below zero easily. That's when I walked into the recruiting office. I have to leave DC now and I have to become something because if not, I'm gonna be another statistic. Real soldiers, real stories. Brought to you by armychap.com. Greetings again to all of you listening in for this episode of Soldier Stories. I'm your host, Chaplain David Wright, coming to you from the great state of Alaska. Yes, I'm still up here. I know it's been a long time since we've done one of these, but we're still here doing great things. And if you've not done so, uh, please subscribe or leave a rating or review because that will help more people discover this free resource. This is a personal podcast and is not endorsed by or connected to the U.S. Army or government in any way. Well, I have hoped at some point to have an opportunity to interview a West Point cadet, and today that is exactly what is going to happen. So during their junior and senior year, our military academy in New York sends out cadets all over the place to gain different types of experiences, and we have a few of them spending some time way up here at Fort Wainwright for a few weeks, and uh, I'm happy to have this conversation today. So here's how this is gonna work. Uh, after a personal introduction, I'll ask our guest to talk about the wave tops of the West Point experience from start to finish, and we'll just see where that conversation goes. Well, here we go. Take a moment to introduce yourself. Tell us a little, a little about your background prior to West Point, and then we'll shift focus to the experience at the Military Academy. Yeah, uh, I'm Owen Grile. I'm from Otsego, Michigan, which is a small town in southwest Michigan. Uh, I grew up playing a lot of sports. In high school, I did uh, swimming, track, and football. My parents are both teachers, so I was able to get that side of uh, seeing how teachers operate in the schools. At what point uh, in your education uh, did you start looking into West Point? Oh, wow. So when I was really young, I would say probably first grade. I thought it'd be kind of cool to join the army. You know, that was like the thing, you know, the kids want to join the army or the military. And my parents told me, uh, you got to go to college. They, like at that moment, I think they suggested something called West Point. I was like, what's that? You know, I never knew what it was uh, at the time. And, you know, a few years passed by and I think I was in eighth grade when I thought about it again. And I was just looking at schools. And that's when I seriously started reaching out to people and figuring out the opportunities I could get into to kind of put myself out there for the application process. I really sought or was uh, fond of the, the idea of being a part of something bigger than yourself and then being able to uh, lead others selflessly. So can you talk about kind of how someone gets in because it's a pretty extensive application process and you got to have a pretty serious nomination to even apply so can you talk a little bit about that yes sir so you can start the application process uh, I believe it's your I believe it's the beginning of your junior year high school year it's been so long I can't remember when mm -hmm. it is I'm, it's either the sophomore or junior year um, you start that application and when you start that application, you can also apply what's 
called SLE, which is Summer Leader Experience. And that is a summer training event, kind of introduction to West Point that you can go to um, the summer of your junior year. And you just kind of get like, you know, figure out the ropes and they kind of give you mini classes and some military training in there. And you get to get like the leadership experience, a mini R day and uh, just kind of get to see what it's about. And after you do that application for SLE, it'll open up just your overall application. And from there, there's essays and I don't know, there's a lot, there's a lot of documents you gotta submit and then you gotta get a nomination um, and that will go in there uh, into your application. And the nomination is basically just like a, like a written letter almost from either a congressman or senator within your state that you live in, saying that, hey, I want this guy to go to any of the academies. Sometimes they choose one academy or the other. And you can't be really fully considered to go to West Point unless you have one of those nominations. So you got an official political type leader from the state of Michigan to, uh, did you have to go and yes. talk to them? Or yes, sir. So for getting a nomination, you have to first you know, do an interview with your congressman or senator. And it's kind of weird because you don't, you don't really talk to the congressman or senator. They have a bunch of advisors there that are asking you questions. They could be graduates from one of the academies, maybe prior service themselves, or just advisors in general to the congressman or senator. But they basically review your application that you send in, and then they'll decide if they want to take you in for an interview. And then they'll just ask you questions, you know, about what you want to do in the future, what's what's your goal at the academy, all that kind of specific stuff, you know. Sounds like a academy. lot for a high schooler to, to go through. I mean, that'd be a pretty daunting experience. I'm not gonna lie, it was daunting. For the senator one, I kind of got in there and there was just a panel of people sitting there in front of me and I was on like a seat with basically lights just shining out on me and I was just sweating bullets the whole time. Well, you obviously did well, <laughs> well enough for them to, to give you a vote of confidence. Yes, sir. Uh, so you alluded to this, uh, our day can you talk about what our day is like day one of West Point and uh, you've had a couple years since then now but I'm sure there's some things that stand out in your memory uh, from that yeah so day one which is called our day or reception day uh, you show up to West Point um, usually with your family so I went with my family and they impress and process you a little bit and then you get into this big auditorium type deal and the superintendent or the commandant stands up there and gives a speech about what the what you're doing as a new cadet is what you're called at that point. And then, you know, he finishes his speech and he goes, All right, you got sixty seconds to say goodbye to your new cadets. And you know, you give your parents a hug and then you're off. And right when you get out those doors, it's getting screamed at by uh, upperclassmen and um, I think now they have drill sergeants but upperclassmen. Um, you get on the bus, you cannot talk, us you know, straight ahead. And then it's basically just uh, it's basically just like a smoke fest that first day. You're getting all your gear. You got carried everywhere. Um, kind of like a baptism by fire. Yep, kind of experience. yep, yep. Kind of like a little initiation type deal. Do you yes, remember sir. if anybody quit on day one? Because I know sometimes that happens. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. There were people that quit. I didn't see anyone quit, but I know that there were people in my like in the roster of my platoon that we were in. Um, that we're no longer there after the first day. Yeah, so talk about the basic training experience, because that's not during the academic year, that's during the summer prior to your freshman year, correct? Yes, sir. So what do you remember from the basic training or what, what is called Beast Barracks? Yeah, so 
a lot of it is learning that follower type role. You do what you're told and you kind of got to figure out how to work as a group with your peers in your squad, platoon, uh, etc. It's basically learning that that follower role, that uh, that role that uh, the soldiers play, the soldiers who you're going to lead in the future will play. So you're kind of seeing um, and learning from people higher than you and also kind of just learning how to be a follower before you can become that leader and take charge. So it's a lot of you know small stuff. There's a knowledge book it's called. The point of the knowledge book is to kind of memorize and internalize just a lot of the values that is held at West Point. Um, and what you got to do is you got to, you know, they have you hold up your arm with the knowledge book in your hand and just study it. And you study it, and when you're ready to pass it off, if you memorized it, you raise your hand up, and uh, a squad leader or someone else, a cadre member, will come over. And uh, if you, you know, do it without messing it up, then yeah, sure, you pass it off. But if you don't, and you got to keep studying it. And there's different checkpoints for each week of certain knowledge you got to complete. Yeah, I mean, the knowledge part was is probably like the worst, for me, the worst part because I wasn't very good at memorization. But the whole goal of it is just to, I guess a lot of it is internalizing those values, but also pay attention to the small stuff, you know, getting those small little details right because um, you never know when paying attention to the little things and noticing the small details will might make or break something in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Can you talk about after basic training uh -huh. or after beast barracks? You kind of got the basics down. You learn mm -hmm. how to follow. You learn how to memorize a lot of different things. Yep. Uh, attention to detail. What about the academic year? So you finish basic training. What does the academic year look like? So as a freshman, or we call it a plebe, they'll go through the same core classes. They'll all go through the same classes, which is history, um, I think English, just the basic math, uh, just a lot of basic courses to make up your core, I guess, curriculum for that first year. And then the next year, you'll actually, at the end of that year, you'll choose your major. And then from there, you'll kind of branch out to your major and do more specific, major-specific classes. But yeah, every cadet, every plea will start with the same, you know, few core classes. So, so what major did you choose? Um, so my major is cyber science, which is basically like computer science, but less math. Uh, it's more about the more about the application of coding and all all things computers, and less of like the computer science uh, theories behind it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. especially considering that cyber is is such a unique type of threat. Yes, sir. Um, what about activities outside of academics that are required? As I understand it, cadets have to be involved in some kind of extracurricular activity. Yes, sir. So if you're not playing a sport on an NCAA team, uh, like a competitive club team, then you're going to be doing company athletics. And you'll basically play other companies uh, after school. So around 1630 and on, you'll play other, or other, sorry, other companies. And then you'll kind of move up the ranks until you get to the championship. And all that, all that to say is you don't have a lot of free time. You have things you have to do. Of course you got uh, assignments due academically, but uh, it sounds like your day is pretty full. Uh, yes, sir, correct. And usually if 
if there's no company athletics and that's because we're doing drill or something other. Yeah, and, and I can't pass this opportunity up since we're, you mentioned sports. Uh -huh. uh, talk to us about the Army-Navy game. So a lot of the football games are fun, but the Army-Navy game is something special. It's, it's a lot different. The atmosphere behind it and going there, especially with your buddies, and just having a good time out there and then getting to the game, both sides are just... I'm not going at each other, but kind of are going at each pretty other. Amped yeah, up. pretty amped up. And the atmosphere and energy is like something that you, you really can't beat it. I imagine watching it on TV is only just a little slice of the experience that you have when you're when you're actually there watching it. Yeah, we, you when you can feel the crowd and feel everyone around you jumping up and down when something good happens. It, it 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 sends goosebumps through like through your body. It really does. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, how much sleep do y'all get as cadets? So I guess for <laughs> procrastinators like me, I mean not too much. I, I would say on average, a good night would be around six. That that would be a solid like a solid night for me. But sometimes it'll go down like you know four or five. Um, but I've had nights where I've done all nighters. Partially it's on me because I kind of started the assignment late or whatever, but sometimes the, like the assignments are just like, for me and my major are pretty tough, just for me, because I'm not the best at my major, but sometimes I'll be uh, staying up all night to get an assignment done. And it's a demanding experience, yes, the sir. whole thing. Yes, sir. Um, and that leads me kind of to my next question, or let you comment on this. When you get to a certain point in your West Point experience, you have to make a pretty big decision about whether you're going to continue or not mm -hmm. and you have to sign something so I wonder if you can talk about that and then the dollar value that's associated with that decision so it's a little event called affirmation for West Pointers um, and that happens after your sophomore year or the beginning of your junior year so before you start any academic classes for the year during your junior year, which is Cal year, you have to make the decision on whether or not to stay or leave West Point, which is basically just signing away all that money that you may or may not have to give back. Before that, until then, like from your plebe year till then, um, you can leave and not owe anything. But after you sign that and you leave, I think it's around 200000 or 250000 somewhere between in that price range. I'm sure it varies. And it's a, it's a big deal because um, you're choosing and you're committing to stay there. And I mean, even though it's a lot of money, you're I guess you're choosing to finish it out. And that's another two, you know, you're already only halfway. And I remember that was a, a pretty big decision for me because I had gone back and forth a lot about whether or not I wanted to stay. And ultimately, my friends, like the people I met there and the relationships I made kept me there. You know, I, cause I've made some of the best friends and I've made some of the coolest relationships at West Point. Um, so those kind of things and the ability to go out and meet more people like that, um, you know, higher, you know, peer level or lower than me, kept me in and kind of makes me excited for for what's what's uh, next steps. Or well, I imagine it's not a decision that cadets take lightly when you no, have sir. that kind of penalty. Uh, understood. Mm -hmm. Is that the time where you also make a five-year commitment post-graduation or does that come later? That comes with it. Or I guess it's inferred that it'll come with it. I mean, considering that maybe that you graduate, but uh, ultimately I think it would come after you graduate. Yes, sir. So talk about that piece too, because uh, for people that don't understand, like what, what obligation 
do graduates have once they complete the West Point uh, Academy experience as far as time? Yes, sir. So it's five years uh, active service and then three years reserve. From start to the finish of, of an obligation, you're really committing over a decade of your life. Yes, sir. If you count the academic year, you know, followed by uh, the, uh, the the minimum of five year commitment plus the time you spent beforehand to get mm -hmm. yourself ready and mm -hmm. all that. I mean, that's easily a ten year uh, time frame. What about the uh, what it, what is the pass rate or what we might call the attrition rate? Um, how many do you know approximately the percentage of people who start? that actually make it to the finish line? Yeah, so when you start and you go into our day, and you begin beast, I think there is usually somewhere between 1,200 and 1,400, you know, new cadets that come in. And there's a quota that's met at the end, which is around 1,000 for a graduating class. So by the end of your cadet career, when you're about to graduate, uh, there will be 1,000 around, you know, I think plus or minus a few, but 1,000 cadets in your graduating class. And that helps paint a picture of how many start versus how many finish. Yes, sir. Uh, as with anything in mm -hmm. life, you know, uh, sometimes things just don't go as planned or people change their minds or, mm -hmm. or what have you, but it's just an interesting insight. Is there like a day from your West Point experience that stands out to you, like something that you'll never forget? That's I see you have uh, an air assault badge oh, on, yes, your, sir. Uh, on your uniform there, so talk about that. Every cadet is required to do what's called a, a MIAD during the summer, which is basically like a, a military, or a MIAD, or like an IAD it's called. Um, but basically a MIAD is like a military training school that you go to, and then an IAD is like an academic one that you go to, like an academic thing during the summer that you go to as like an intern or something else. Uh, similar to an intern and mine that was chosen for me was air assault and so I was slotted to do it um, the summer between my plebe year which is freshman year and my yuck year which is your uh, sophomore year and this is when all this is when all like the, the COVID is happening right I I finished my what's called CFT cadet field training which is before it's like that's the training that you do between those two years and I finished that and I went right into air assault. The first time I did air assault, I guess I, I did fail it. I was, it was, a, it was a mix of emotions, you know. A lot of people don't, you know, fail it or, or you see a bunch of people with these air assault wings at West Point. And I was like, is there something wrong with me? Like, am I doing something wrong, you know? It took me a little bit to, to get over it, but I kind of just used that as motivation um, for the next year. As in like, you know what, this, this next year, even though it sucks at the, at the moment right now that I failed it, I'm gonna crush it next year, and I'm gonna like work my work my ass off to get there. That was something that I thought about, you know, like throughout the whole year between or uh, during that yuck year or sophomore year, because I was uh, slotted for it again to retake it during the during my next summer. And that summer, I was not gonna let myself fail. And the test that I failed on originally, I put in hours, hours of study time to get it right. And when I passed that test, oh man, I, uh, that was like, it was a feeling of relief, but at the same time I knew that I still had more school to get through. So I took a, a step back, I'm like, all right, I've hit this checkpoint, now it's time to go for the next checkpoint. And that kinda, that taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot about my downfalls, my, my weaknesses. And it sounds cliche, but it taught me a lot about just like grit in general and um, 
and like perseverance, I guess, you know. And th those are those are very, I, people throw those words around a lot, but I think that's when I really figured out what those meant. And you kind of have to go through some of those things uh -huh. to learn what those words mean, mm -hmm. uh, and really more importantly, how to apply them. Uh, but uh, these schools are not easy. Uh, these military schools that, that they have, I mean, they're, they're hard for a reason. Mm -hmm. And they do at times uh, give people a gut check. Like, yes, is sir. this really what I want to do? Mm -hmm. And how am I going to respond to not meeting the expectation? Because it's quite frankly, and this is just in life in general, it's easier to quit. Yes, Sometimes sir. it's just easier to quit. Uh, and it really does uh, force somebody to look deep within and uh, do a little bit of uh, uh, assessment, self-assessment, uh, assessment about the future. Uh, sounds like you did that uh, and uh, you, you earned it round two and I'm, I'm guessing uh, people don't normally go and uh, ask you when they see that badge, hey, how many, how many times, times did it take? Yeah. No, it no, one, no one usually asks that. It doesn't yes, matter. Sir. It doesn't. Uh, you made it, you learned, mm -hmm. your you, you learned what you needed to learn, you got through it um, and uh, uh, I'm sure your parents uh, are very proud of you and your loved ones for where, where you're going. Uh, you're going places, you're going to make an impact. And uh, so have you thought about um, what it's going to be like uh, a year from now when you're across that graduation line? I, you know what? I, I'm not quite sure exactly where I want to go yet. Um, maybe I want to come back here. Who knows? You know, maybe I'll like it that much. And uh, the same thing with branch. I'm here with Armor, and that's in my top few spots of what I want to pick for my branch. So I hope it, I hope it can shed some light on my view on the armor branch itself and whether or not I want to bump it up or bump it down. So I'm hoping that this, this experience here will, will give me that, um, give me that insight on what I want to do in the future. Maybe show me what my place is. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm confident that it will. Uh, but while we're uh, finishing up here, is there anybody that you want to send out a special thanks to for helping you along the way? Oh my God. My mom, my mom is the best. She was, she was there with me every step of the way. She even gave me reminders on what to do. Like she, there's these people called field force representatives that you have to, that you go through to kind of reach out to the West Point people. And I'm a firm believer that my mom could do that for a job. She was on top of it. She, I, I can't even put into words what, what she did for me, but she is the reason why I'm here right now. She prepared me, um, I guess, just both in and out of the school and I guess in the application to West Point. But her and my dad both prepared me for for this kind of this kind of work that I'm doing right now, and you know maybe who I am today. So I want to thank my mom and my dad. Well, I appreciate that, and we appreciate what they have done uh, as teachers, uh, really raising up the next generation yes, and sir. preparing them for the future. And uh, I appreciate you giving us a little time today. This has been really uh, a unique insight that you've given our listeners into the West Point experience and. I'm excited for what's ahead for you. Hopefully you do come back to Alaska, but yeah. wherever they send you, I know you'll do great things. You'll learn a lot. You'll have a leadership impact and we appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of Soldier Stories. I do hope you will subscribe and leave a rating on your podcast platform. You can also check out armychap.com to see the content and pictures I post there. For God and Country, Chaplain Wright, signing off for now.